0: Declaration and so that I think needs to be added uh, or changed. You know, uh, things don't remain the same after 50 years just on anything. But uh, uh, we want to speak about caring. The next ingredient included in biblical fellowship is caring. You know, to fellowship with somebody, you should care about that person, right? And uh, for some reason, you know, the change of time, sickness, age, a lot of things, even the church members don't care as much or they don't show it as much. It's because everybody is busy and you've got to ask yourself busy doing what but uh, uh, I believe that caring is uh, one of the traits of a child of God you know without caring fellowship is incomplete the first biblical truth that we must understand regarding care it's what we must give all our care to Christ. You know, in First Peter 5, 7, it talks about casting all your cares upon him for he careth for you. Uh, there's a lesson from the life of Jesus. Uh, you know, we say that, uh, well, we don't fellowship with that person or we don't... Uh, You know, you get too close because we don't know them. Well, we get to know people by caring about them. You know, and uh, uh, God said, Cast in all your cares upon him, for he cared for you. Jesus cared for you long before you cared for him. Right? So that's a principle. We, when we study the Bible, we find principles, we find doctrine, we find uh, uh, how to handle marriage problems, finances, sickness. It's it's all right here in this uh, this book. But on charity, on caring, Jesus is our example in caring. Therefore, in fellowship with Christ, we must show uttermost care for him. He meets with this church three times a week. He meets with us even in Facebook. You know, and Facebook has been good to us and been good to me that I've been out and, you know, and I've uh, reached people in other, other states that's that really emails me about every week and tell me how they enjoy it, you know how they're thankful that we have it, but very few members really you know they just tolerate it you know and uh, because i think I think the base of the of the membership would rather have a live message than I would on Facebook, I know I would. I think it's a, a substitute. But uh, we we see here when uh, God said, you know, uh, as First Peter said, you know, He cares for us, and Jesus is our example in caring. Therefore, in fellowship with Christ, we must show uttermost care for Him. With that in mind, you know, let's consider and and this is a big part of this uh, lesson, right here, in the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter five, because you can teach uh, fellowship, you can teach caring, and you can teach doctrine. You know, it is a powerful book, and we certainly are to be familiar with it, and and so. Let's look at Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 25. You know, when the Lord is speaking, he said, Husbands, love your wife, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water of the word that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. That's why we have preaching services. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies, he that love his wife loves himself. You know, you take a man that is unfaithful every month or every time he gets a chance, you know, uh, he doesn't love himself. He don't care for himself because he knows that, you know, when you go out and have sex with somebody else, a lot of people don't believe this, but uh, i Surgeon General a few years ago did a study and scientifically proved out that if if I draw out tonight and have a sexual intercourse with a woman, I'm having sexual intercourse with every body she's ever had sex with. You know, is that taught in school? No. <laughs> no, you know, be because we live in the twenties, you know. We need to be free. We need to express ourselves. Now, verse uh, God tells us in in verse uh, 27 that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. And you can't have a blemish-free church without church discipline. No way. It is utterly impossible. Sure. You can't have kids that will grow up to respect you and they you know now you haven't got a chance. If you got a child that respects you, you raise your hand and say thank you, Lord. Because it's taught in school, you don't have to. But God wants his church to be blemish free. And if you got a member, a church member that is going out here and acting like a lost man, that's a blemish on the church. And if we don't practice what God tells us to do, as we study the seven churches, you'll find out that God takes a candlestick out of it and the church meets every week and preaches and have prayer and go on with all of that but the spirit is not there. I don't sure how good the singing is, how many people you got there, if the spirit is not there, you haven't had church. You know, God is just true, I mean. The purpose is that he might uh, sanctify and cleanse it. But he goes down in verse 28, and he says, So men are to love their wives as their own bodies. He that love his wife, love of himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourish and cherish it even as the Lord the church. God loves his church. Verse 30 said, For we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones? For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Now I talked to a man over in Carlisle about a month ago, and he said, you know, you can't find in the New Testament why everybody's against uh, men marrying men and women marrying women. You can't? Isn't that what this verse said? This verse said, For this cross shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and his two shall be one flesh. That's right. So I didn't smile. I don't even anymore. I, I don't even, you know, unless they ask me, I don't even volunteer, you know. But, uh, you know, you talk, who's boss, the husband or the wife? You got a problem if you got to have one of those as a boss because you became one. Amen? Amen. You became one. But if you want to get biblically technical, the man is going to be held responsible for at home, not the wife. Another reason that you be careful who you marry. So we do go to Ecclesiastics. We do go to Book of Proverbs, and uh, God makes the analogy of of living with a certain type woman is he calls it pure Hades. So caring, we care to be sure we are caring our part, to show my chair for Jesus, my Lord, I will expand my energy for him through the local church, but as lesson and I was discussing a few minutes before y'all got here, you know, Nobody hardly has Wednesday night service. The big churches have, you know, the big churches are now what we were a, a few years ago, you know, about 80 people. Five, six years ago, those big churches was three 400. Why? Well, either they weren't saved, or they hadn't been taught. I don't know which, but most of the New Testaments was addressed to local local churches. First Timothy chapter 3 tells us that. We see guidelines for local churches concerning the pastor and deacon. It is the context that we direct our attention to When we make those statements, so let's look at First Timothy chapter three, and look at verse fourteen and fifteen. Here we we see uh, in First Timothy chapter three, verse fourteen: These things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou us to behave thyself in the house of God. That's something that if you've never been in church, you don't think it's an order. But it's nothing now to see people fooling with their phones. Your plugs in the phone. That will keep God from blessing the work. Sure. I mean, if you got a song you got to listen to, or somebody you ought to talk to, you need to quietly get up and leave. But as soon as that unnecessary call or text was finished, you ought to quietly come back in the building. You're part of this body. Behaving ourselves in the house of God is speaking of our behavior in the local church. When you're talking about the local church, we're talking about the house of God where we meet. That's why that, that auditorium ought to be respected. Amen. Next, if we are going to really care for God, then we will be committed to the minister in those areas that appeal to his heart. As we can see, the local church is very near to his heart. I'm talking about the heart of Jesus. He died for it. Bus ministry. You know, when my brother was dying, I was impressed with great extremes that the Hobbson's people gave. And I'll say this and won't comment anymore. Hobson is not one of my favorite organizations by no means most people don't know what i know but i've sat along with hobsiths and watched many many people die you know how good hobsiths is as good as a school teacher that wants to teach there are good people in the organization that cares and dedicated there used to be good people that waited on you in the restaurant. There used to be good people at, at the druggist that would take time to you know. But the bus ministry is probably the greatest area of need if you got the vicinity. You know, our vicinity is not big enough for a bus ministry. But it sure is will bring people in. So when a small church, we got to, I mean, you know, I don't know about anybody else's budget, but, you know, what I buy and how big a purchase I make depends on my bankroll. You know. If I had a two or three hundred thousand dollars, I'd I'd be driving that big gray Cadillac, you know. But uh, so uh, I got to leave it with uh, Tom Wire. I said, you know, you got to do a drag like before I die, son. You know, and I'm thankful that I can kid about it because whatever color that is, I'm not riding in there. I'm not even in there. Realized that Doris seen everything. Everything. And knowing her as well as I did, she said, Why are y'all making such a big fuss? I'm perfect now. Amen. But we want to honor our loved ones. You have Sunday school teachers, your teaching assistants. You know, teaching assistants is really a sub. You know, we got three piano players, and nothing's learning. But our, you know, song leader—he didn't know how to play at least both. But you can see what I'm getting at because there's not an opening right now. It doesn't mean that it won't be someday. Of course, I've, I wrote notes in, on my lesson. But, you know... somebody else ought to be learning how to make the unleavened bread. You know, I've got to figure it out, you know, that uh, uh, I believe second coming of the Lord is close enough that, you know, I'll be preaching when he comes and Judy will be making bread when he comes. But that doesn't take away our responsibility. That's my point. That's my point. What if we had five kids show up Sunday? So what I'm saying, we are to have teachers prepared in case God sends some. one occasion one lady came back to to help and we're thankful for, for that We, you know there's always somebody that that picks up the slack and we appreciate that we got nothing to do with that because God loves his church but see it doesn't take away our responsibility I, that's the thing I want everybody to see you know We've got a responsibility. And we have forgot about that word. We have forgot about what it means. Uh, perhaps you and your family could go out on a visitation together, you know, God would bless that. I mean, that'd be the ideal power when you have a, a man and a woman going out. Because there's many times that I can't get into the home because I'm not going into the home when the lady's her by herself. And, you know, and some smart aleck would always say, don't you trust yourself about as far as i throw myself. We don't put ourselves in a situation where we may not be able to act right. And I think adults can read into that. The ministry might interfere with champion or golfing or fishing. One of the saddest portions of Scripture is found in Psalms 142 and verse 4. When the Lord said, I looked on my right hand and beheld there was no man that would know me, refuse, fail me, no man cared for my soul. Do we care about the soul of people of Scythian? In addition to being committed to ministry in a local church, caring would also include being committed to prayer once or another, visiting the sick, comforting, accounting, You accounting. Know, uh, but the answers I get if I'm talking to somebody and I'll mention that oh, you know, everybody knows that when they're sick, we're pr- praying for them. Really? Y'all's memory a lot better than mine. That's the reason that I have the prayer list at home on my desk and I have the prayer list in my car and I have a little pad that I keep so that when somebody out and they ask me, even a, a lady I knew over at Walmart when I stopped over the day to pick up my medicine, she said, Reverend, reverend, you know. You know I don't like to be called reverend, you know. There ain't no reverend except the Lord. But, you know, I'm not going to embarrass her. I'm not going to, you know. She said, you know, my husband is really, really sick. You know. And, uh. See, even... That's a good system I've got. But it would have worked if I brought my pad in, see. And we got to train our mind. You know, I mean, people can sort of smile, but that's what the the door and I did, you know. We didn't plan nothing on Wednesday. We planned nothing on Saturday. We need to, in addition to being committed to the ministry in a local church, caring would also include committed to a prayer for one another, visiting the sick, comforting the bereavement, according to James one let Let's look at James 1.27. And we see here that God said, pure religion and undefiled. Let's don't read the rest of it until we understand what God said. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. To visit the fatherless widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. lady up, up the street from us, she's she's had two or three back surgeries. I, thank God I ain't had no back surgery, but most people that have a back surgery go through a lot of pain. She has and has had to go back two or three times. And when I was talking to her a couple weeks ago, she said, you know, I've had this. She was at the terminal Hill, you know, something like five weeks, you know, and she said, you know, my pastor never d- did so. Well, you know, I, I'm going to take care of the brethren, so I said, well, you know, maybe he was out on a mission trip, maybe he was up. But see, when, when, when people get sick, they expect, or I do, you know, I don't, I don't want ever, everybody to hover over me. You know, I'm not that type of person. But if I let you know that I'm feeling bad, I, it's your duty to pray for me. Amen. See, pastor's not the only one that has a locked-up deal on prayer. The only thing we've got to do to be able to pray is have a clean heart. mean God tells us, you know, and he makes it very clear as he did here in 20, verse twenty seven pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this: to visit the fatherless with us in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. The acts of caring fulfills the command. In Galatians 6, 2, which says, Bear ye one another's burden, and so fulfill the law of Christ. We're fulfilling the law of Christ when we bear one another's burdens. How do you do that? You let that person know, I'm here if you need me, and don't say it if you don't mean it. It is as much of the duty of any saved person in the local church, it is the duty of another. When we share in burdens of others, we find the sorrow lessened and joy increases. Does it make you feel good when, when you pray for somebody and they thank you? You're not praying to get any thanks from them or praising. But I mean, you know, and you know, you know, I'd go to the hospital and just visit somebody that one of you t- told me about. I was in Lexington so I thought about it. I would go out and visit with them. Most of the time they would appreciate it if I hadn't showed up. Really. Because they're not religious they're not saved and, you know. But one of the greatest traits about a saved person, Steve, is they're thankful when God's people pray for them. You know. That's why I, I, like the doctor I have now, you know, he's never prescribed anything for me, so I don't know whether he, he may be a Veterinarian, but he's he he will talk to you. He'll listen to you. He'll give you reason. He'll spend as much time with you as you want, as you need. But he he said, it's important to me that you trust me. Only other doctor ever said that to me was the one that was here in North Carolina, Dr. Frank McKimmy. Some of you, most of you will know Linda Ball. Which she's passed, but Linda's oldest daughter was really, really sick. And Dr. McKimmy stayed up with her three nights. And your pastor stayed up with him and that, what that did, I, I didn't consider him as a doctor as much as I did a friend who cared about his patients. And some of y'all may know him, has a bad time with him, you know. he just like me, he can lose it. But 95% of the time, he was compassionate, he cared, God tells us obedience to this command is not only the pastor's duty, the deacon's duty, or the teacher's duty. It is much the duty of any saved person in a local church as it is the duty of another. You don't have to have a title to be able to pray for somebody. And when one of us is sick, we are to expect the other members of this body, to pray for us. We shouldn't have to ask them. only thing we've got to do is to let them know that there's a need. I don't care whether the person even tells me what they got wrong with it. Because the one that I'm praying to already knows. I didn't pray to inform him. God said, you know, in Romans chapter twelve, verse ten. Notice what God said here. Twelve, ten. God said, Be kindly, affected one to another, affection one to another, with brotherly love, in honor, preferring one another. That's what Dr. McKimmy was doing to Jennifer Ball. He didn't have to stay up there. He didn't have to get him a chair and sit there. He was preferring her, her health over his sleep. He said, well, no, let us go on and be honest. There's very few doctors that would do that. There's very few people will do that. But it shouldn't be. All right. At the bottom paragraph, for fellowship in the church to be right, as the word fellowship is used in its scriptural sense, seems and defines for us in the first lesson of the book. Loving and caring must be practiced by every member. Now, the reason is because if somebody's going to see you're not acting like a church member ought to be, it'll be when you're not acting, when I'm not acting. You know. I I heard somebody's feelings the other night, you know. I don't know whether all you ladies do, but by most people I know, they got these wreaths in their windows, you know, when Henrietta and I was grown up, I'm, I'm taking the sheep. Uh, her generation, from, we know when somebody died, there was a reef in the door. Now I just go out knocking on doors and look at all these dead people. I don't know whether I ought to, <laughs> right? I mean, that's what we did. Now they take the wreath and put flowers and whatever and say, ain't that pretty? But do you know what it represents? A Christmas tree is pretty, but you don't put it up because of what it represents. See, I didn't stop teaching and start preaching now. And probably nobody in that house had any idea what I was talking about. But, I mean, I'm just being, being honest. That's how we know who died. Now, I guess we, once well, he died, but she's happy because he got a beautiful ring. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Fellowship in the church, to be right, the word fellowship is used in a scriptural sense and defined for us in the first lesson. Day was long, he was tired. As he retired to rest, some mother brought their supercharged little children to see Jesus. Now, I did a lot of changing in this, but you know, <laughs> can you imagine Jesus saying, Get that kid, I'm tired. I've been talking to people all day. Bring him on. He said, well, he's, he's dropped, but he's also a man. And as a man, he got tired, Steve. He he got thirsty. He he was hungry. He had compassion. He even got a little angry when he t- cleaned that temple out. So, I don't get, you know, I try not, and I'm not, oh man, I'm, I'm I'm good compared to what I used to be, you know. I don't, I don't let any, hardly anything get to me. And that took a lot for me. But uh, let's close this lesson with the thought-provoking question. First, am I measuring and looking to see what people are doing for me instead of wondering what I can do for them? I can not building myself up for anything but you know I have a hard time and I don't know how many times I have but I really can't remember any but there probably was I never I never have asked the church to give me anything but if the church had it If I needed it, they would vote to give it to me. See, that's uh, concerning those things that are closest to his heart. Finally, am I feeling the true sense of the word fellowship in my care for my brothers and sisters in my local church? I enjoyed fellowship meeting. I enjoyed the picnic. i got pictures of every picnic we've had. I mean, some of you act silly at that picnic. But that was a time to act silly. It was time to be yourself. But when you walk in through those doors, It's time to reverence God. So if you can define define ways in which you are doing these things, you are on the right road of fellowship. Fellowship, church, is important. Father, we thank you for this day.